0: A front row seat to the untold stories as we talk about how to live life on your terms. You're officially part of the inner circle. Welcome to Courtside with Courtney. And don't worry, I comped your ticket. Welcome back to another episode of Courtside with Courtney. You guys today, I have Lauren here. I'm so excited to have you. For those of you guys who don't know, Lauren is the co-founder and co-CEO of Higher Dose. Mom, former model, biohacking guru, and all around healthy girly. So I'm super excited to chat with you today. Same. It's going to be amazing. I'm sitting on my Higher Dose mat right now. This thing is like my adult version of a pacifier. (laughs) I feel like I use this religiously. I keep it. I have it on this couch in my kitchen area. There's almost this little like living space hangout in my kitchen and I have it on that couch in there. I drink my morning coffee on it every single morning and I truly can't live without it, but I'm very excited to dive into you, all things healthy, routines, biohacking, higher dose, everything, kind of how you got where you are. So give us a little elevator pitch on both you, the brand, and how we got where we are today. Yeah. So I am a biohacker, which is somebody that hacks one's biology.
1: We ultimately are looking for optimizations and just ways to better ourselves the way that we look and the way that we feel. So I started Higher Dose 10 years ago. We started out with infrared spa locations in New York City. At one point, had 11 locations and I think my timing with launching Higher Dose was pretty much impeccable because no one knew what an infrared sauna was 10 years ago. And when I first tried the infrared sauna, it was exactly what I needed to live in New York City with all the stress and go, go, go mentality. And, you know, for everyone that doesn't know about an infrared sauna, it is a light therapy. It downs cortisol levels, detoxes you and makes you feel euphoric and gives you glowing skin. So we launched these infrared spa locations in New York and they just took off. And then quickly from there, we wanted to bring the infrared sauna into people's homes. So we launched our first product, which is our infrared sauna blanket, which brings all the benefits of infrared in an easy to use, you know, accessible way. And then from there, you know, because I'm a biohacker and obsessed with wellness technologies, you know, we launched more products that also made you look and feel your best. And fast forward 10 years later, we have wellness tech, we have consumer product goods that support the wellness tech. It's a lifestyle brand. We're here to educate on ways to feel better, to optimize longevity. We love doing content. You know, we have a biohacking series. We love doing podcasts, but education is just at the forefront of it all. We really do feel like if you don't educate people on the why, why are you using that yeah, of mat or the sauna blanket? People don't really fully understand. I mean, the products do speak for themselves, but, yeah. you know, education is so important right now. So it's a long-winded,
0: not elevator pitch of <laughs> no where I've been. So. It's all necessary. And it's interesting too, because the product definitely does speak for itself. I'm looking forward to getting educated today and educating everybody else who's listening. But the cool thing is even without having like a deep understanding of what this does, I can tell you that it calms me down it makes me feel amazing, makes me feel grounded or depending on what setting I have it on, it does give me energy and sort of reinvigorate me, but still in a calming way, there's a huge difference. And when you drink like too much caffeine and you get that anxiety, like jittery energy versus actual energy. Yeah. And this is what that feels like a really good night's sleep. Like you just feel refreshed.
1: Yeah. It's like PEMF pretty much charges your energy batteries. So if you're somebody that needs to sleep, then it will put you to sleep. If you're somebody that, you know, doesn't need to sleep, you feel pretty good, but, you know, you're just maybe looking for a little bit like more calm, grounded clarity, then it will give you that too as well. So it's not like taking a caffeine pill or drinking caffeine where you don't really have control. You have total control with the, the PEMF mat
0: give me a rundown. We'll start there. And then I have so many questions for you, but since I'm currently sitting on the mat right now, give me a little rundown of the settings and stuff. And I'll put this in the show description for you guys. We do have a code later, which is amazing. I also want to clarify and say for anyone who's wondering, I bought my personal mat with my own dollars zero discount. I went on cause it got recommended from one of my best friends. She was like, you absolutely need this. She swears by it. I ordered it immediately and have become obsessed. And that's obviously we also have mutual friends, which is how we met, but I got introduced to higher dose before you. And then here we are, but give me a little bit of a rundown, selfish questions. So I understand better this product specifically, the crystals in it, how do we use it? Why am I so obsessed with it?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to understand our first product first, which is our infrared sauna blanket, which mimics the sauna. So it heats your core body temperature through the light therapy and detoxes the body through sweating. So it vibrates water molecules and pulls out heavy metals, radiation, environmental pollutants out of fat cells. You sweat like never before. It's a workout without working out. The reason why we created the infrared mat is because we wanted to give people the same benefits of infrared, but without the commitment of sweating. You don't always, you know, want to sweat. Have the time even. Yeah. And there's so many amazing benefits from infrared, you know, that aren't just causing you to sweat, like increasing blood flow and circulation, downing inflammation in the body, downing cortisol levels, putting your body into parasympathetic state, which is rest and digest. It's the ultimate recovery tool. And what we wanted to do was pair infrared with other technologies that did ultimately the same thing, which is aid around recovery or holistic recovery. So through the biohacking community, we discovered PEMF pulse electromagnetic frequency. It's a frequency that's very similar to the earth's core frequency. It's very grounding, very calming, very relaxing. And like I said, it charges your batteries, whatever that you need. If you need to sleep, it'll put you to sleep. If you feel that you just want to like feel more energized or more calm or relaxed. It literally gives you whatever you need in that moment. I just want to mention too, that both of these technologies, we did not invent, you know, they've been around for like 20 plus years. They have a lot of studies and research and are very efficacious. Actually NASA invented uh, infrared. So what we did is just take these technologies that have been proven and we just combined them together and created something that didn't exist and really ultimately just made these technologies accessible to
0: people. I think that's really important for people to know. That's what I was going to say. Really accessible and something that people can have in their home. Right. I feel like it's so easy to get overwhelmed by information these days because there's so much shit out there right now frankly and it's so hard sometimes to filter through that and also say like okay cool I see all these things are supposed to be good for me but like what are a couple things that are tangible that I can do in my own home for my everyday benefit yeah and this these are like all things that anyone can do like in their home yeah
1: and that are safe you don't even have to think about it you don't need to know all the the different pimp levels that we have and if you don't know the right level then it's gonna fuck you up Ultimately, it's not like that at all. It's so gentle and innate, and ultimately just providing your body whatever it needs to do its own healing, which is the beauty of it all. So there are four PEMF levels that we have. You know, the first one is about more like deep meditation and relaxation and sleep. Then the next one is about like more just mindfulness and, and clarity and feeling grounded. And then the the third one is like, you know, more, I would say if you have a podcast or something like that, or like a meeting that you want to do and you just want to like feel grounded and solid, it actually mimics the Schumann resonance. And then the fourth level is like a little bit more energy. But like I said, if you're exhausted and you go on level four, which is a little bit more stimulating, it's still going to put you to sleep because it's so gentle and so relaxing and so calming and so important for the nervous system.
0: Yeah. And also those of y'all who know, obviously I co-founded the brand Dibs and it's like I say about our beauty products all the time. You literally can't fuck it up. Yeah. You can't mess it up. It's kind of like that in the health space. Like you can't mess it up. There are ways that you can educate yourself to use the products to their like full extent, Yeah, but you can't, you're not going to hurt yourself.
1: Yeah. And if you have an animal at home, Poor child, you will not be able to get them off the mat. It Kinsley just feels loves that good. It.
0: Yeah, No, Kinsley loves it. And even and it's weird because I feel like it's probably the frequency is like coming through me. My cat will come and sit on me when I'm on the mat. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, they know. Yeah. And they don't need to know the science and the research or any of that. It's just, it, ultimately it's replicating the healing power of nature in the
0: comfort of your own home. Which is obviously what we all want. <laughs> it's what we all need. For yeah. sure. When it comes to the sauna blanket, because this is something that's probably like my next investment and something that I really want. A couple questions. One, I have Raynaud's. Are you familiar? That's when your fingers and yeah, toes it's like cold. a circulation problem. So if I think like from what I understand, and I'm obviously not a doctor. So the best way that it's been explained to me is that like the capillaries in your extremities, like your fingers and your toes for normal people close a little bit to circulate blood to the rest of their body. Mm-hmm. Mine or people that have raynauds it's like closes almost all the way so it's circulating blood to the rest of your body but not your extremities. So my fingers, my feet, like everything gets ungodly cold. Like I can't I have vivid memories of I lived in Boston where I went to school and I remember like being in Boston trying to open my door with the key and I couldn't get the door open cuz I couldn't I even move your hands feel my hands cuz I couldn't move them. Like I couldn't even clinch the key to open the door which is insane but that's how cold it gets and then your feet when they go into extreme cold after if my feet get really really cold like say i'm going skiing or something after like the the next couple of hours i can start to feel that they're like flaring up i don't know the technical terms but mm-hmm. it almost feels like you're having like a flare up of it and it they get like a little bit swollen my toes and it will kind of it like hurts and it'll kind of itch almost. Like it's really hard to explain. Do you think like the blanket would be good for that? I feel like I need it. Yeah. I think it would be very good for you. I mean, the mat is also good
1: too. I think any form of heat will be very good for you. It does increase blood flow and and circulation and pumps fresh blood throughout your whole body. Uh, It's like the opposite of stagnation. I don't know if it like will stop the renowns. I don't know much about that. Yeah, Yeah. But I know that, you know, heat and blood flow and circulation is exactly what you would love. Maybe if we like came up with, you know, a sock series, that
0: would be even better for you. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Courtney Shields times (laughs) higher dose sock series. That's how the best products are created. So absolutely a need. Um, I I do find myself like I curl up on it and I'll put grounds like my feet onto it, which is probably why it's helping. Can you use, um, the sauna if you have implants? Cause I do have implants. Is that like something people have to be worried about or is it okay? That's like a
1: fully loaded question for me personally. I like had my own struggle with my own implants and I don't know if I didn't sauna, if I wouldn't have had any of the issues. I don't think so because I actually have a lot of friends that had the same sort of like issues. I also think it matters how much you methylate and detox naturally. Like if you're not somebody where your detox pathways open, I think that implants could be much harder on the body. The fact of the matter is, is like implants have a lot of chemicals and like formaldehyde and all sorts of crazy things in there. So when you heat implants, that's not a good thing, but you also have to remember that like infrared mimics the sun, which is ultimately heating the core body temperature. When you're out in the sun, laying on the beach, I don't know if there's much of a difference really because it's heating the body in the exact same way. Could I keep
0: like that out if I wanted
1: to? Like, could I still get the effect if I kind of kept it out from like under here down? The sauna blanket would be amazing for you because of that reason, or the pump mat would be amazing for you because of that reason. Okay. But I personally wouldn't be doing
0: the infrared sauna with implants. Okay. Good tip. So I'll try it, but- on my lower half basically. Yeah. Cause that's also where I struggle with more circulation. So I feel like it would still be helpful Yeah, there.
1: Yeah. But uh, I think that like infrared in general, when you're in the, the sauna blanket, if you're using like clothes or materials that are toxic too, as well, it's also not going to be good for you. So you just have to be careful in general.
0: Where do you seek out your information and get inspo for your life? Because obviously you're a source that a lot of people look to. Where do you look when you need to get that knowledge and information?
1: Yeah, I'm really tapped into great communities. I'm not a researcher at all. Actually, I'm like a feeler. I love picking brains of people in the biohacking space, doctors, people with influence. There's some amazing conferences that you can go to too, like biohacking conferences. But podcasts, I love podcasts. I get a lot of information from podcasts. Unfortunately, I don't think there's enough women in the biohacking space talking about biohacking. There's a few handful of doctors that specialize in hormones or you know, blood glucose or whatever it is. But just as a whole, in terms of biohacking, I think there's a lack there. There's a lot of men in the biohacking space. So I've had to sort of pick through it and use myself as a human guinea pig to know like what works and what doesn't, unfortunately. And I've also had to learn like the hard way. So I've done a lot of things in my past that have made me more sick than better. Like because, advice that men
0: are giving yeah. that don't work for women.
1: Yeah, I mean, most research is done on men still to this day. Um, men are six times more likely to be chosen. mainly mean, because we have a whole hormone system outside of our 24 hour you know, cycle, which is a day cycle. We have our 28 day cycle, which we all know that we're like very different people at different stages in our cycle. And then you factor in, you know, before you have a baby, when you're pregnant, post baby, pre-menopause. We can't catch a break, honestly. Like we
0: can't catch a break. I feel like there's no two days are the same.
1: Exactly. So then trying to do like- research and studies on women when there's all these variables is very challenging. It's a moving target. It's a moving target. And then women weren't even required to be in studies until like 1986 or something insane like that. Which is like a whole other podcast, honestly. Right. So all the health research that you see out there is mainly geared towards men and men are driven by cortisol, fight or flight, hunter gatherer.
0: The dead ass opposite of what we dead should ass, be doing, yes, basically. Exactly. What are like your top two or three podcasts that you listen to? Can you give us some recommendations?
1: Yeah, I mean, I really love Ben Greenfield. Still, he is a man in the space, but he is—he has the best, you know, people that he interviews on there. I really love just his point of view. He also has family, and he speaks about a bunch of other things. And then I like follow a lot of doctors on, you know, social media and whatnot. And they're on a lot of podcasts too. So I love Dr. Amy Killen. I love Terry Cochran. I listen to a lot of Andrew Huberman. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not a biohacker, but you know, he's a researcher and scientist and neuroscientist. And I'm really obsessed with the brain too, because genetically I'm more predisposed to get like Alzheimer's, which I found out, which.
0: Same. Yeah.
1: Hereditary. Hereditary. Yeah. So I'm really interested in gearing my diet and lifestyle and supplementation around brain health.
0: Amazing. What are you eating right now? Like give me, there's this whole trend going around with like the ins and outs of 2024. Give me ins and outs of 2024 food and health edition.
1: Yeah. So first I want to start out with saying I worked with this amazing woman, Perry Cochran. She's a quantum nutritionist. She also works with your genes and genes are just the very baseline of where you should start, I think, when it comes to you know, what kind of supplementation you should be taking, what kind of food you should be taking, definitely medicine. You should be very aware of that. But there's something called epigenetics, which means you could change your genes so it's not like set in stone. She's really helped me a lot with what I should be eating and what I shouldn't be eating. And because I have the APOE gene, which is the gene that ultimately could lead to Alzheimer's, fat is like my number one thing I have to be aware of. So I need healthy fats, but very small amounts of it, like avocados and I'll do like grass-fed butters and, and animal fat, but I do not have seed oils. I do not do deep fried foods. That totally messes me up. I don't know if you feel the same way. I have like genetically high cholesterol. So like, it's just not good for me.
0: Actually, Leia's here right now. Shout out Leia. Leia's in the building. She's our connector friend. We're both really good friends with Leia. And that's actually how we yeah. we met. So you were saying- farmer. Are you on the milk train? Oh, she's getting me on the everything train. Okay, Don't worry. Leia is fully in charge of coming into my house and saying, this is in, this is out. Yeah. What are you doing with this? Well,
1: just, I'm sure your audience is very confused because dairy is an inflammatory food. Most people- think that has to do with a lot of their skin conditions and and hormone, which is true because of the way that food is processed and the way that the animals are taken care of. And that's the same for every food group out there, meat included, oil included, everything. So to back it up, if you are going to have dairy, which is so important, I need choline for my genes, then having the best quality of dairy is important. And we have a2, which is a type of breed of cows, which is like the original, it's like an heirloom, heirloom animal. It's like the easiest form of uh, milk to digest. So for people that have, you know, dairy sensitivities and, and they have a hard time breaking down, A2 is more important than organic. It's more important than grass fed and what the animal's eating. So I would start there. And then on top of that, you know, we get raw organic,
0: local dairy. And it's amazing. Do you go like the I, farmer's market or where do you source all this?
1: Usually at the farmer's market, they have, you know, great options there. I love farmer's market because you can totally get insights into the farm and the way that they take care of the animals and what kind of vaccines they give the animals and all sorts of, you know, information that you wouldn't get from the grocery store. Yeah. So for things like dairy and cheeses and eggs, in meat, I think it's very important that you go direct for Mm, for that kind of stuff. Get the best quality. Yeah. I also am very careful with multiple things. I mean, uh, even fruits, I eat oxalates or something that are very hard to break down in the gut. I personally had a lot of issues with like IBS and, and candida and whatnot. So I eat a very low oxalate diet. So, you know, blueberries are very high in oxalates. There's a lot of health food that people eat that think that It's good for you, which in a lot of people it is. There's so many benefits of of blueberries, but if you have candida and you're oxalate sensitive, they can actually do the opposite, which is wreck havoc in your gut. Damn. So I eat low oxalates and that's really important for me too as well. What fruits do you eat? What are the... So I mainly do like mangoes a lot. I do cherries a lot. I don't really have much banana because it's high histamine. I'm like very
0: specific on my.
1: <laughs> no, this is like what we I could do a whole know. podcast yeah, yeah. on just my diet, which yeah. I'm
0: gonna save you guys all. But but I it's really... helpful for like the hard ins and outs, like seed oils out. Seed oils out, very yeah. important, um, which are literally, honestly, super depressing. It's in almost everything. Yes. So, so I very... don't eat a lot
1: of processed foods because most processed foods have seed oils in it. And then when it comes to, to meat, it's usually like grass fed wild. I don't eat much chicken either. Chicken freaks me
0: out if we're being honest.
1: Chickens. Yeah. They have a lot of amyloids and and they're hard to break down too as well. And then, you know, coffee. I love coffee every single morning. I usually put like a high fat cream in my coffee. I usually do intermittent fasting from day one to 14 of my cycle. And then from 14 to 28, I like make sure I have, you know, a smoothie or something in the morning because coffee's too harsh for me and puts me out
0: of whack. Yeah. What do you eat when you are traveling though? So when you're home, it's obviously different because you have more control over what you stock with your fridge with and all that kind of stuff. But say like you're traveling, cause I know you, you have some travel coming up. You're in the airport and you're, you have like a 15 hour travel day. Like what are we eating when the options are low? So I am a preparer. I have snacks in my bag.
1: I'm like very much against eating out at the airport. So
0: you're packing it with you.
1: I pack it for sure. I make sure I eat before I go, you know, definitely on long haul flights, you're going to want to like pack your own food. I don't typically eat airport food or in the airplane. Yeah. And then normally that's like the first thing that I do when I land somewhere is just like seek out, you know, the same values when it comes to food in like restaurants and cafes and places to grab smoothies and try to find the best. And then I feel like when I'm in a food desert, I'm very unhappy. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's
0: tough. tough. What do you bring? What do you pack though? Like let's get specific on the airplane that that's okay to pack with you. Like what do you hold? Like I'm assuming we don't have like a a filet in the bag, but maybe. Well, we do beef
1: jerky. We do a lot of grass fed beef jerky. It's like really easy. I'm trying to pack snacks that don't have sugar for my kids. So things that like have high protein, I'll even like soft boil or hard boil eggs and put like salt and pepper and pack that. You know, lots of like fruits and dried fruits, fruits that don't have sulfur. I always have like nuts on hand too as well, um, which I think is like a really easy go-to. I travel with like protein powder because that's also like a really easy thing to just add to water when you don't have access to good food. What kind of protein powder do you use? Well, I love Keon, which is uh, Ben Greenfield's brand. It's okay. like a really good clean form of protein and it tastes really good. Yeah. So I usually like pack that. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So before higher dose, before any of this, tell me about your time modeling. What did that look like for you? Let's, oh my gosh. let's roll the tape back. So I started modeling at 16. I'm originally from Canada. My first
1: trip was to Milan, Italy. Wow. That's a big first trip. Yeah. And like looking back on it, 16 years old, like I had no guidance. The agencies don't tell you anything. You get there, you show up, you're with like all these young girls from all around the world. They put you up in this like hotel together. Half them have eating disorders. You end up picking up on the way that these successful models sort of take care of themselves. We all end up inheriting like body issues. And I came back like probably 15 pounds lighter and I was already like really skinny just because nobody was eating there. And there was no one that was like guiding us. Like I even believe that the modeling world is a lot different now than it was, you know, back 15 years ago when I was modeling, because there's like, there's literally no support. There's not even anyone there helping you with the idea that you're running your own business you know, when you're running your own business, here's the things that you need to know. It's your money. You have the right to say no. Like so many aspects were
0: unguided, but in a way it was like so good for me because I had to like figure it out. There's also no division of church and state in the sense that you are the brand. Mm -hmm. I know. And you are the business at that point. And they don't
1: want you to know that. Yeah, They don't
0: want you to know that
1: at all. So yeah, I definitely came back with, you know, a slight eating disorder and And just like issues around my, my body weight. And we were all on the, you know, diet Coke and cigarette and coffee diet. That was the thing. And what happened was, is like fast forward, you know, eight years later, everything catches up to you. And then the next thing, you know, my, my hormones are out of whack. I'm not happy. My, my skin is a mess. I'm like having a hard time, like keeping weight off and I'm ultimately clueless. One of the most amazing things was I got to travel all around the world. I've been to South Africa, Australia. I lived in Turkey, all through Europe. I got to learn from different cultures. I think that's one of the best things. I think, you know, being in uh with a new group of people every day and having conversation about what people are interested in and whatnot was the best part of modeling. And I think it really built my
0: emotional intelligence, you know? That's amazing. I think it's it's invaluable experience. Really, not many people can say that, which is super cool. Did you set out wanting to be a model, where you kind of scouted, or like when you were younger? Did you just say I I want to do this and set your mind to it and did <laughs> do it? Do you remember
1: Model Search America? Of course.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So um, my dad took us to Model Search America. Wow. Well. And my sister and I both got scouted, and I remember my my dad was like, "There's no way I'm paying this money." So. Instead, he just drove us to Toronto and we went to the same agencies that were a part of Model Search America. And, you know, that the agents there took us on and signed us up and we started taking photos and getting odd jobs in Toronto. And, you know, I probably was like there for a year before I went to Italy.
0: Wow. That's that's just a lot of pressure, too.
1: It's a lot That's of pressure. Like age. you have to remember, like I am so young. I'm still in like high school. I was missing school to do this. And the first time on an air, like an airplane was to Italy by myself. That's insane. Were you yeah. nervous? Oh, I cried. I like couldn't believe that no one really told me what an airplane was like. And I remember showing up to Italy on a Sunday and nothing was open. And I just didn't understand what was going on. And then, like I said, being at such an age, with all these other young models and we're all guiding each other and then like developing like eating disorders and whatnot. It was just like pretty wild to go through that at such a young age. And when I did stop modeling, the first thing I did was got my nutrition certificate and became a nutritionist and health coach. And I started working with models in Wilhelmina.
0: Wow. It sounds like you had the wherewithal though, when you were going through all of that to understand that like, okay, this is really normalized right now, but maybe this isn't the best, like healthiest. This isn't good for me. And then to like segue that into a whole new career path.
1: I didn't until I was, I had a face full of acne and you can't have a face full of acne when you're modeling. I wasn't getting my periods regularly. I don't think I would have had this like wake up if I didn't have such health issues that led me to, I have no choice, but to learn, how to take care of myself. And then when I was learning at IIN, I realized my true passion was in nutrition. I like couldn't wait for the next module. I like couldn't help but just like memorize everything that I would hear once and I was like I've discovered my true passion, which was amazing. And then from there it led to working at health and wellness startups, developing products, and then
0: from there that led to starting my own company and ultimately discovering the infrared sauna. So that was the whole shift for you. It really came out of your personal necessity to like need to get the acne off your face, need to feel better, figure out what was going on. Basically took you down this whole learning path. Heal myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like there's nothing more gratifying than finding your passion, learning everything you can, soaking it up and then being able to help other people. I 100% agree. I think yeah. it's so magical. Like, there's nothing else like being able, because you know what it did for you. So to be able to sort of transfer that information to other people through, you know, solo conversations, podcasts, through a brand, through anything, is a really cool experience to yeah. have.
1: I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm like, you know, I I am a nutritionist, but usually what I do is I usually talk about things that really help me, and that usually inspires other people to do the same thing. Yeah, which is a pretty awesome place to be.
0: Okay, so up-leveling health, I feel like it's a new year. And everyone focuses on health in the new year. And then I feel like you see like this big decline at some point. I'm at the point now where I'm like, can all y'all stop booking up the Pilates (laughs) class? Because like, I can't get in at my normal time. Um, I'm kidding. But honestly, it's like, you do see this sort of spike. But I do think there's so much information out there right now in general about health. It can be hard, like I said earlier, to sift through that and find things that are manageable to do on an everyday basis. So for anyone listening, who's up leveling their health and wants to start really going down this path, uh, manageable, like a realistic way. Can you give us a couple of things that people can do that aren't overwhelming, anybody can do it, it's manageable and it's like a good entry level way to really up your health. Is it like deodorant and toothpaste? Is it what I'm eating? Is it, you know, grabbing a mat? Like give me a couple of things that people can incorporate into their life in a non-overwhelming way, but a way that's gonna kind of let us open that door up So I think
1: one of, and I love this question because some of my favorite biohacks are the ones that are free. I think that a lot of people are intimidated by the biohacking world because they see all these like expensive technologies and stem cells. And like, it doesn't have to be that way. My favorite ones are the ones that are, are free. So I would say breath work, meditation, a mindfulness practice. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes twice a day, even just doing two minutes. And I think that, doing something that can just keep you present and mindful and conscious in each moment is a great step. Even just mindful and present when you're setting those goals, those realistic goals of like what it is that you need to be doing, I think is so important. So having some form of a mindfulness practice is I I think really important. And there's like so many great teachers. You just go on YouTube and do five minute breath work, 10 minute Kundalini, you know, 10 minute meditation. It's, It's all there. Second thing, working out is still the best biohack out there. What it does for anti-aging and your mood and your body and taking care of your muscles, which is the way to stop aging is so important. And again, I used to work out way too hard and be like almost like orthorexic and, and do everything to the extreme, which works for men, but doesn't always work for women. So even if you're just doing like, a 20 minute walk or 20 minute yoga or pilates session and just some form of mu- movement is so important i do firmly believe in building muscle and muscle is is amazing for for your hormone system for your bones so i would at least incorporate like one to two days where you do like some form of weightlifting but i just think that like from releasing human growth hormone and the benefits it does on your skin and detoxification and draining lymphatic system You need to have some form of movement in your life. Do you lift heavy or light? So I do both. I personally went through diastis recti with twins. I had twins and it totally like ripped my abs apart. So I would go back to try to work out and lift heavy at the gym. And I would just, my back was so messed up. So I almost had to like start at the basics of like learning how to like walk and run. I do something called functional patterns, which just trains on functional movement. And now I'm starting to lift heavy again. But lifting heavy is really hard. And if mm-hmm. you have back issues or something you like that, you're not form. doing it pro- properly. It's it's very challenging. So
0: I think there, there's that. I love the Pilates reformer. I think that is by far the best workout. Me too. I'm obsessed with Pilates. Me too. I love it. Mostly for me, I do, I walk and then I do Pilates. And I, same with what you're saying, I do try to lift like at least one day a week, but I find for my body, it's the walking and the Pilates because you are getting so much toning and like the the little muscle work that I feel like is hard to get when you're just doing like an overall lift. But lifting is obviously good for bones and stuff too. I have a lot of like osteoporosis in my family. So I try to be cognizant of lifting. Go. My grandma is, shout out Leah. She's uh, other other, <laughs> yeah. she's 97, 98 years old and goes to the gym and lifts and she looks incredible. That's amazing. She yeah. is. I mean, she's a unicorn. My yeah. mom still lifts all the time. Like I, I do feel like it, it's really necessary, but Pilates too. I feel like it's almost everything in one. I I feel really mindful when I practice Pilates. I feel like it's toning me. I feel like I'm, I'm moving, but it's also really focused on form.
1: Yeah. Pulling everything to the, to the center mm-hmm. and, you know, really like working on core, which I think is important, but I think that women always feel like you need to sweat when you work out or do high intensity. And that is okay from like day one to like 10 of your hormone cycle. But after, you know, day 10, when after ovulation, it's like really detrimental for women's hormones and balancing hormones and just for what you should be doing for your body. So I think I love to sweat with the sauna and I rarely get my heart rate up with workout. And I'm just very mindful of the movement, the intention, working out the right muscle and just like
0: slow moving and breathing. Yeah. I, sometimes I have to remind myself as sad as it sounds, like I sometimes have to remind myself just exhale. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm sitting there and I find myself like holding everything in and I'm like, just like, just breathe, just, just exhale. You know, I find myself like in that state a lot. What's the difference between infrared and a traditional sauna?
1: Yeah. So infrared is a light therapy. It's on the invisible light spectrum. It mimics the sun's rays, which is why when I was explaining before with the The breast implants implants and laying out on the beach on a hot day is the same as the sauna. And what the invisible light spectrum is doing is a vibrating water molecules, pulling heavy metals and radiation and environmental pollutants out of your sweat. It's the same feeling, you know, when you're like out on a beautiful day and you're just like pouring sweat. But it's not really not even that hot out, but it's because the sun's heating you up. It's exactly the same as what's happening in an infrared sauna. You do not see the light spectrum when you're in there, but if you are filming, you can see the invisible wavelengths, which is really cool. Traditional saunas heat the air. It's like convection heat. It's heating from the outside in, which is why you have to heat at a much higher temperature than you do infrared sauna in order to get that same sweat benefits. There is totally different benefits from a traditional sauna than there is an infrared sauna. Traditional sauna is more cardiovascular workout. It's more endurance. It's getting that heart pumping. You're releasing heat shock proteins. So many amazing things from traditional heat, traditional sauning Infrared is more heating at a much lower temperature. It's more detoxifying. It more downs cortisol levels and puts your body into parasympathetic, which is rest and digest, which means you come out there feeling so calm, so connected. Whereas like sometimes with traditional heat, you're like, totally effed afterwards. You feel exhausted. The invisible light spectrum with the infrared, your eye picks it up just like it does the sun. So you release a ton of serotonin, which is a happy chemical. You also do speed up your heart rate to the pace of a light jog. So you're getting like a passive workout. So you are burning calories. You are releasing endorphins, which is why our company is higher dose. Dose stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins we're all about getting high naturally and releasing these happy chemicals. The biggest difference I think is the way that you feel when you come out of an infrared sauna versus traditional. You feel so high, so good, so euphoric. It's like all the benefits of a
0: workout without doing a workout. Versus drained, almost like you were outside in the heat with no water in Miami. You might need to go to bed and
1: maybe not move for like 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a super comprehensive way to break that down, thank you. Let's talk about balancing being a working mom. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I think we all are. (laughs) I feel too. Like it's so interesting because I haven't met anyone that's ever said, you know, I've got it all figured out. Yeah. But I do think that the way our society casts judgment on working moms still is like pretty crazy to me because while if you really talk to someone and to anyone, We all say we're just trying to figure it out. We're doing, you know, we're all here doing the best we can. I feel like there's, there's always this constant pressure to have it perfect and have it figured out.
1: Oh, totally. Like my mom is the first one to judge on me, like having a nanny. She's like, why would you want someone else to raise your kids? I'm like, they don't raise your kids for you. You still raise your kids. They're just helping you. Yeah. Like what's wrong with that? I, you know, my kids are four. I had, had twins, the first two years of their life was the hardest years of my life. Like I thought every woman has a baby and delivers the baby. Like how hard could it be? That was like the biggest problem, I think. Cause I didn't prepare. I didn't like do the breathing exercises and hypnosis when, you know, for delivery. And it started from the day that they were delivered. They like came five weeks early. They were NICU babies I like remember driving to the hospital like for 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back and sitting in a rocking chair all day long. I didn't heal properly. Then I didn't take care of myself. I remember being stressed about breastfeeding. I remember working and feeling stressed about work. And then I, um, at year one, almost to the date of their delivery, I ended up having a grand mal seizure, which was my wake up call of, I need to put myself as a priority. I need to take care of myself. I need to go back to the things that I know. And I really need to heal this like trauma around like having kids and the delivery of my kids and whatnot. And that's exactly what I did do. And I truly believe that women and mom mothers need to put themselves first in a lot of ways because if your cup's half empty, there's not much that you can do for your kids, for your husband, for your family
0: when you are drained. I use this example a lot about being on an airplane. Yeah. And the flight attendant says, you have to put your own air mask on before you can help other people. It's so true but I don't think our, we all know this, right guys? Like we all know this. You have to put your own air mask on before you can help others. It's just a fact. So you have to take care of yourself or you are pretty much useless to everybody else around you. The problem is our society hasn't caught up with this mindset. So why are we always telling women that they have to do everything? And why is being a good mom, meaning you put yourself last? Cause it's really not true. It's not true. It's, it's kind of the complete opposite actually of what, what that really looks like. Not only is it not true, but it's unsustainable and it only causes people to be miserable. So why do people still think that self-care is selfish? I don't know. It's
1: like something that we inherit and it's just like this automatic guilt that you're not doing enough. You're not giving enough. As soon as I switched that mindset and I was like, no, I'm going to like wake up early. I'm going to do that workout. I'm going to do that like five minute breath work. I'm going to take a moment before I even step in as a parent and take two minutes to just breathe before I react. And like I said, that moment of just being conscious before you handle things is so important. You have to fill up your cup. I always like saying that I actually am very high maintenance in order to be low maintenance. I say this too. Yeah. So I need to do that workout. I need to do that yoga class. I need to gather with amazing women so I can just like purge and fill myself up so that day to day, I can, you know, be there for my kids and yes. take
0: care of them. So be, be present, be patient. Yeah. If I haven't gotten my workout in or moved my body in some way or meditated or journaled or done something, I am not as patient. Mm-hmm. I'm in a not as good of a mood. Like I just, you don't feel centered. And I think when you start really getting in touch with your body and what you need and, and coming into your own rhythms and routines, you realize when you're off, mm-hmm you realize when you need to reground yourself and you sort of start to have like a list of things that help you personally. And this is, I think there are some universal things that help everybody. And then some of it is really trial and error for what works for you personally. My hope for us, like as a society in 2024 onward is that there is some things that are internalized, you know, from a young age and passed down and generational, but like, we're still fucking perpetuating Mm -hmm. it. There's still so much judgment around how people parent and that's selfish. And I can't believe you would go to a, a concert with your friend, or I can't believe you would take 10 minutes to journal or to work out or do this, or it's, it's so backwards and it doesn't serve anyone. And so I, my hope for us like as a society moving forward is that we can all kind of evolve our mindset as to what is good and helpful and what just truly isn't because by continually perpetuating this, we're not helping anyone.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I I really do think it's important that you choose a strong community of amazing women, like-minded women that lift you up. Yes. And I think that's what most women need actually.
0: Community. But Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to find community through so much judgment sometimes. I think if people become more open to community and having this like overall feeling that that's actually what we all need, camaraderie, community, support, openness, we would all be so much more likely to find that. Well, it starts with you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. in people, because you, if you're open to it, someone else will be too. But I think so many people are walking around with these masks of perfection. I'm still guilty of it. Um, I'm the hardest on myself.
1: We all are. And therefore hard on other people. But again, it comes back to that mindfulness practice in the morning of like, what can I do to be better this time? And like, replaying it in my head of like, I'm going to wake up like this and, you know, play music and dance with my kids and start that way instead of being a drill sergeant and just like playing over the thing that you didn't like the day before and like different ways of changing that
0: and then start practicing it. I love that idea too, because I think it's one thing to acknowledge something that you didn't like or that didn't go well, it didn't work and beating yourself up over it. And staying in this cycle with it versus acknowledging something that you didn't like and saying, okay, how am I going to do that different tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. And then letting it go. Exactly. And that's, again, that mindfulness
1: practice, that conscious practice of like, what didn't I like? What am I going to change? I literally
0: play it out out in my head. This is how my morning is going to go. And then it shifts everything. Everything. And I think having open dialogues with your children. So my daughter's six and she's like the kindest, smartest. I was in- my good friend, Ali and producer of this podcast is sitting here. So I'm looking at her for this too. But we, I had a couple of girls over to my house the other night and we were all making charm necklaces and bracelets. And Kinsley, my daughter was there with me and all the girls were getting a little frustrated because we were trying to use these pliers and the jump rings were tiny and we're all like, can't get this thing on. It's flipping. And how do I, and Kinsley is not only encouraging herself, but all of us, it was the coolest thing to see because through all these open dialogues with her about like, Hey, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm sorry. I wasn't like grumpy earlier. Like I didn't mean to say it that way or use that tone or like just having those open communications Mm -hmm. with your kids, like to, to say, I'm not perfect. Like I didn't mean it that way. Let me try and rephrase it. Oh, so important. So major. And it was really cool to see it. I mean, I see it in her all the time. She is by far and away my greatest, like, Teacher and accomplishment. It's like because I teach her something and she reteaches it to me. Like when I need it, she regurgitates it in her beautiful, innocent, like perfect way. Mm-hmm. And it was like something that I know I taught her that she internalized and then in turn taught me back. And it's like the coolest thing to see. But so we're all sitting around and we're using these jump rings and we're trying to do these charms and, and she's sitting there and you can kind of hear her really quiet to herself. She's like, you can do it. Like you got this, like encouraging herself. And it like makes me want to cry thinking about it because it was so sweet. And then all the girls are sitting there and Ali can attest that she was there. All the girls are sitting there and they're like getting a little frustrated. And she just goes, I can help anybody who needs help. Um, And don't get frustrated guys. It's okay. If you don't get it right the first time We're not in a rush. Don't worry about it. You can just have fun with it What else did she say i'm trying to remember but it was so sweet But
1: do you think it's just like a generational thing? Like did we hear that also when we were younger
0: and forget it? Maybe a little bit, but I think it's all about communication I think our parents generation and I had amazing parents like have and had Amazing parents, but I think for me I think sometimes they didn't communicate things as early. So it was like, maybe later we heard like, oh, don't get frustrated. But it was like, I'm already frustrated. Or it was like the time when I hated my bushy eyebrows and I felt like I looked different than everybody and I didn't fit in. And it was like, no, it's like, cool. It's beautiful to be unique. I got all those messages, but I think I got them after I already felt how I felt, if that makes sense. Whereas with Kinsley, I tried to start everything when she was like one. At least that's been my experience. I think I got those messages, but it was after I already felt how I felt. And so I couldn't hear it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I blocked out most of my childhood for some reason. Um, (laughs) So I actually don't remember what really happened, but I definitely know my parents didn't talk to me like I was a person or like an adult or like I remember being treated like a kid and only a kid and not hearing the truth. And I think that having those hard conversations with your kids and being open and honest and placing no judgment and just like have them being these like creative thinkers. And I think is the most important thing that you can give to your
0: kids. Give them the best answer you can give them. Talk to them like they're people Mm -hmm. because they are. And it was like this full circle moment. And there's times, by the way, that I have no idea what the answer is. And I'll say, I'm honestly not sure. Which is better. Let me look into that. Yeah and I'll get yeah. back to you. Yeah. It's okay to to not pretend like you know the answer to everything cuz no one does and again it's setting this weird expectation for people. Yeah. for your kids of like they need to know everything. It's like, I don't know actually. Good question. Let me let me go look into it and I'll get back to you. When it comes to kids, how do you incorporate some of these health things in for your kids like how what are some attainable things that people can do for their kids because we talked about ones for us yeah but now how can we help set our kids down this path too oh well i hate to say
1: this answer cuz i bet it's what you expect me to say which is ultimately just lead by example you know my kids often see me going into the sauna and the cold plunge and they're like counting down the minutes to me for me and they watch me like wake up early to go to the gym and they see me meditate and they see me in front of the red light. And the next thing you know, they're in front of the red light or my son's trying the cold plunge for like, you know, 15 seconds. And I think that's pretty obvious, but I would say it's like such a struggle, especially with food and getting your kids to eat a certain way. It's like a full-time job. And especially because what-, what
0: they're always around to, what they're consuming. And my friend at school had the exactly marshmallow gummy sandwich. And you're like, well, and you don't want to be that mom that doesn't give it to them at all. And like you take them to a birthday
1: party and they're not allowed to have the cake. So it's like this, this like fine balance. Again, I think a lot of it is in education. Like when you eat this food, it doesn't make you feel good. You don't feel as happy and like getting them to pay attention to the way that they feel afterwards. Like my son, as soon as he has sugar, he has like a meltdown and his hands start shaking and he gets like so upset and worked up. And now finally he's at the point where he like realizes that he doesn't feel good afterwards. And he's telling me now, sugar doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Sugar is bad for me. And I think that's really important is having that dialogue with them and, and education around it. I also love doing things with them. Like we cook together, having them learn how to make their own food, I think is really important. Having a better relationship with food, taking them to the farm, seeing that where food comes from, educating around like, Food that's from the earth versus like made in a factory with chemicals, I think is, is also a big one. And then having like a mindfulness practice with them too, as well. So like every night when my kids go to bed, we always read a book and then we always say what we're grateful for. If you have like a prayer, just like taking a moment to be mindful of how they, how their day went, how it could be better. I think that's also huge because I, I think starting them young with a mindfulness practice is, is so important.
0: Definitely. Being able to articulate their feelings too. I asked Kinsley this year what she wanted to do more of in 2024. And she said, talk about my feelings and have like, talk about that. And I thought that was so cool. So we actually went and got, there's this little like pegboard where it says today I appear to be feeling this way. And it's like these options. So it's like, maybe you appear to like have it all together or have energy or be tired or however you appear. But I actually feel on the inside this way. So smart because I really do feel like a lot of us adults don't even know how we feel. Yeah. Or like what we're projecting we feel versus how we really feel. Exactly. And that messes up
1: all of our relationships and relationships with ourselves. And it's like self-sabotage. I noticed that often with my relationship with my husband, he's like a mirror for me where I'll just like emotionally purge on him and I don't even know why I'm doing it. It's like almost like I'm doing it to work through what whatever it is I'm trying to work through instead of honing in on actually I've how I that. feel
0: about it. I've done that. It's like in a, an adult tantrum kind of where you're like trying to pick a fight and then you're like, wait. Just to like get to the root why of like am I how frustrated. you feel this way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How important do you think it is to pick a partner who is on the same page with you, shares your values as far as health and wellness stuff goes versus just like at least finding someone that maybe isn't completely opposed to it. Like has, I think we are all at different levels in our learning journey, I guess. So is it, you think really important to find someone that's kind of on your level or more so just open to understanding and learning and growing?
1: Mm, That's a fully loaded question, but I would say like first writing down what your values are, like going back to that conversation around tapping into your emotions what I did with my husband and I dated so many of the wrong men in my life, but amen. I wrote down very clear on a piece of paper, what it was that I was looking for, which is ultimately your values. And it took like literally a week of revising and going back to it and reading it in order to even know what I want. So first step one is to get really clear on what it is that you want. Then when that person comes, you're going to know it's that person because before when I first met my husband, I would have dismissed him right away because mm. he wasn't successful or had to had shit together. And he was young. He's a year younger than me. I always dated older guys in my life. But the values of like who he was with his family. I wanted someone that I could build my success with, like things that I didn't even know about yeah. myself. So when I actually like had this man in front of me, I was like, oh, this is like something I should look into. And it was It was just easy. I also think that like relationships are supposed to be easy, especially with the right person, especially if you're looking for a life partner, not just like a fling or a moment. Yeah. So look out for like whether or not it just like fits and you don't have to try so hard or think about it. It should
0: just feel good. Definitely. And I think too peeling apart because I have my personal list too of things I'm looking for kind of my values non-negotiables deal breakers things like that and then like really granular like little specific things but I think what's interesting too is peeling apart society as you touched on something here what society tells us we want Mm -hmm. or should want versus Mm -hmm. what we actually want Mm -hmm. for you is saying like oh someone that's really successful already Mm -hmm. it's kind of I think too even as a woman it's like okay a lot of people are told to look for that. Someone that's really successful has their shit together. But it's like, if you're successful and you have your shit together, it's like, do you need someone that makes a lot of money or do you just need someone that is good at their job and enjoys it and is like stable. And maybe it's not necessarily what everyone else is always told that you're supposed to need. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't want kids. So maybe that that's different. Maybe, you know, like there's always those point of differences where you have to peel apart what society says is someone you should want versus like, what do you really want? Yeah.
1: And drill down. Like, like I said, it took me a week to actually finalize my list because I would say something like I want him to be like an athlete. And then I would be like, well, do I want him to be a professional athlete? No. Do I want him to be like physical and healthy? And like, when I go to the gym, I'm feeling like he knows what he's doing. (laughs) You know, I just got like so detailed about each point, which made sense. So what that, when I actually met this person, I was like, oh, this person used to be an athlete, but he's not a professional athlete. And that's important to me. And that was like quite obvious instead of going after like professional athletes. And then then it ended up- This didn't fit. Yeah, exactly. And I, I did that with every single detail and just kept like drilling down and drilling down. And it was pretty much, I was looking for this guy that I didn't know
0: I was looking for. And if you don't know what you're looking for, How are you going to know when they're right in front of you? That's so true. I love that. That's a really good tip too. I think you're also making me realize that I think I can get, like I already have my list, but I think I can get more granular and I want to go back and revise it. I also think it's really important. Have someone challenge you on each of the points that you write. Allie, (laughs) I'm also um, looking, like thinking about this too, realizing that, and I want to give this advice To people, if you're making a list of things that you want to find in a partner, things that you absolutely need in somebody, things that you want in somebody, non-negotiables, getting really specific like Lauren is saying, but also making sure that you do this when you're single or when you're not so deep in a relationship. Maybe you just started dating someone. I think it's still good to revise. But if you are knees deep in something, it's really hard to separate. Am I just trying to describe this person because I want it to fit Mm -hmm. versus is this what I wanted independently of who's sitting in front of me? Mm -hmm. So making sure that you can like separate that as well. And how do you suss out what trends in health are good and bad? I feel like over the years, there's been so many things we're told, you know, eat all your vegetables and don't eat meat. And it's like, well, obviously we don't think that's true at this point. Like
1: I did all of them. Like I went vegan. I'm, you know, like I've been through all of them. I think again, having, that relationship with yourself and knowing how you feel and like trying something and then seeing how you feel afterwards is the most important thing. Cause you, you, what one person's food is another person's poison. And it's the same thing for biohacking and different philosophies in the wellness industry. And you just never know. So I think that trial and, and error is also like really good and try not to do too many things at once. Try one thing at a time. Don't like try four things. Cause then it's like, hard to know
0: which one caused you to feel that way and good tip. Yeah. I also think you just hit on something really important, which is there's just no one size fits all. No. So I think it's a huge red flag when someone says like, Oh, this is the the thing for, uh, you should I stop know.
1: following people
0: I when think, they're like being vegetarian is the only way. Like yeah. this is how you you're healthy. I think there are probably some supplements or th- you know things like that, that like will benefit everybody. But overall it sounds like, you know, you can't have like one diet or one workout or one people's body needs different things. And that's the whole point of it. What's a good starter product from Higher Dose for people who want to get introduced to the brand and have never tried anything? The serotonin soak. It's one of my favorite products. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: It's our bath soak. It's a magnesium zestine bath soak. So Epsom salts, most people know that it's manufactured in a, in a factory. It's not pure and magnesium zestine is the purest form of magnesium. You feel that product when you go into the bath soak, you literally like sleep the best you've ever slept. Most of the time I have to not plan anything before you know, bed from like the bath to the bed because I'm so exhausted that I like can't wait to go to sleep Just right away. It's that there. strong. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. But then we also have two different types of algaes, which are good for your skin. We have um, apple cider vinegar, which is great for pH and detoxification. We have the most beautiful blend of essential oils in there. It smells so nice. Mm. So it's like this ritual that I do and my kids are obsessed with it too. I'm not like a huge soap person. And my daughter's had eczema and salt is so good
0: for, for skin issues. Which is interesting because it's kind of the opposite of what you would think. You you think it would dry you out, but with the eczema. Well, think
1: about like going into the ocean, right? Like, you know how good the ocean is yeah. for your, your skin. And over time it starts to heal up the inflammation in your skin. It's the same thing with, if you go into the bath too as well, and you have magnesium zestine. If you have like open eczema wounds, it's going to be like tender, but it's slowly healing over time. So the bath soak is also safe for kids then? So uh, even when my kids were, you know, when they're babies with the uh, essential oils, I don't think you need to have one with essential oils. My kids now that they're like four, I don't think it's a big deal. But since my kids were babies, they were bathing in magnesium zestine. Amazing. Yeah.
0: I'm assuming, I think I already know the answer to this. I'm assuming you don't wear any form of like perfume or anything. It completely disrupts your hormones, right?
1: A hundred percent. And it's the thing that fucks me up the most. Like I get into an Uber and I'm like flat out sick in a car most of the time. I think it should be illegal, especially if you're offering a service and like living in Miami too, for the last like four weeks, every hotel was spraying perfume, like so strong that I was like so sick from it. And I swear to God, just that one
0: month I felt such a difference. Wow. Wow that's one of those things you know those things that you know are true but you like don't want to know it for me perfume is that thing I'm like I love perfume I'm like I know um just don't spray it on your skin spray yeah. it
1: like on your clothes put it on your hair like okay, there's so many other ways to to do it like sure sometimes when I go out at night like I'll spray something on my clothes but just don't put it on your skin
0: that's and actually don't do a it really good tip yeah because it's still it's I think what I love about that is it's a realistic tip. Mm-hmm. It's super realistic not to need to spray the perfume on your skin. But if you're going out and you want to smell nice, like spray it on your jacket. Yeah. Or your hair. Okay. And
1: just do it when you go out. Like it's, I think there's a big difference Minimize. of like every day
0: versus like here or there when you want to like have a night out, you know? Absolutely. Well, this has been such a good conversation. I have one last question <laughs> yeah. for you. Um, what is your absolute must have? Like you carry it in your bag with you no matter where you go and then... Oh my God. Water? It's so boring. Do you drink anything in your water? So I... Give me more tea than that. Yeah. Like that's a fully loaded question
1: too, as well. Apparently I like those, this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) If I had it my way, I would have like a really great water filtration system that would do reverse osmosis, then remineralize, then structure the water. I currently don't. So I have spring water deliveries. I also add minerals in there and I'm a I love like hydrating with healthy salts. Salts, very important. I love our hydration powder that we have at Higher Dose. We're currently sold out of it. I love the LMNT hydration too as well. I I sweat a ton. So it's so important that you're putting healthy salts back into the water, especially to stay hydrated. Another thing about water is like, you're supposed to drink a little bit every 30 minutes. That took me a very long time to figure out because I would be that person that every like three hours I would chug a ton of water and I was still dehydrated. But I think even just like hydration is like such a easy step into being well. And you can start there, drinking a little bit of clean water every 30 minutes.
0: And then what's one thing that you feel like most people, general population maybe doesn't know, but everyone should know. It can be something that we've already touched on or something new which is as far as like importance, whether it's like a toothpaste or anything, just something that like most people would benefit from knowing, but maybe they don't. I
1: think it goes back to the personal care products being hormone disruptors and endocrine disruptors. I think you don't realize how many things that are in your home that are making you sick. And I think that's such an amazing way to, to start on this like health journey is to get rid of the detergents, the soaps, the perfumes, the shampoos, the creams, the laundry detergent, like so many things and just swap it out for a clean version because I think that that is the start of most disease in especially women and the lack of the ability to detox. That's why I'm a big proponent of daily detox, which is through the sauna. Because I think that even when you do clean out all of your personal care products, It's still in our air, our food, our clothes, and so many things that you cannot control, which is why it's so important to control what you can control and then focus on daily detox. Whether that's going to the gym, draining your lymphatic system, dry brushing, detox drops, sipping on hot water, whatever it is to just like keep that lymph flowing, you'll all be
0: much healthier and feel much better. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We also have a code for you guys listening. Code Courtside will give you guys 15% off of anything higher dose except the bundles and the full sauna, which... Which are need- already discounted. Yeah. Bundles are already discounted, obviously. People get confused about that with dibs a lot. They're like, why doesn't the discount apply? I'm like, because it is discounted it is in discounted. the bundle. Yeah. And then the full sauna is like, you have to get it like installed in your house, right? It's a full...
1: Yeah, it's not... This is why the sauna blanket's just so easy because it's like at the click of a button, it's accessible to you. With the sauna, you know, it's five hundred pounds. Some people need an electrician. You need someone to install it.
0: Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So everything besides that, the soaks, the mat that I'm obsessed with that I sit on, I think the sauna blanket obviously now needs to be my next purchase because that's I think daily detox essential. Is essential.
1: And it's the best tool for detoxing. And tell people where they can find you.
0: Lauren Jerry on Instagram. I'm not like that great at Instagram, but I'm trying. Spell your last name for us. Cause I feel like there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast. And you're sitting there trying to sound <laughs> out. You're like Berlin, like give us this breakdown. Yeah. Berlin, like the city in Germany. Amazing. And then G-E-R-I. Perfect. And you do a lot of biohacking videos on there. Do you have a place, a list of products that people could swap that are clean And actually good? Because again, there's so much like greenwashing of shit. I don't, but that's a great idea. Will you do that for (laughs) us for this podcast? Will you do like a video of a list of all the products? Like instead of this, use this or? Yeah. I did this like
1: Costco overhaul, like just recently. And it was like the best performing thing that we did on higher dose, which is like shows you that people are looking for real ways to implement. And all of this conversation I went, I'm sure went over most people's head, especially in wellness, but I a hundred percent agree with you. I love tangible things that people can do right now. And it's little
0: bits at a time peeling back that onion and it's a lifestyle and not a quick fix. Totally. So it's like, give us, make a video and give us Done. the toothpaste. We need to use the deodorant, the detergent, the spray for our counters. Agreed. Make it kind of simple. And I feel like people are easier, like more likely to implement them when there's not 87 hurdles that we have to jump over, you know? Agreed. Yep. I think that's a great idea. Amazing. Well, we will look out for that. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel so much better educated on all of this and I'm very energized yet cortisol low from my mat right now. (laughs) You guys have to get one. I'm telling you, you'll be obsessed. (laughs) Lauren, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on Courtside with Courtney. Thank you. We'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. 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 Bye.